Welcome to another episode of the Aliagraphic Podcast. This is episode number 65. Hard to believe, but amazing. Anyway, uh, before we get started, as a national group based across the land we call Australia, we would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of this land and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. I would specifically like to acknowledge the Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation as the custodians of the land from where I'm speaking. And I pay respect to the elders past, present of all First Nations uh, people across the land. And today joining me, we've got Marisa. How are you going, Marisa? Hello. I am enjoying the marvelous weather we have today and have entirely too many books checked out from the library to read yeah yeah and it, it is like t today has been a really nice day even though you know like i don't know like the last week and a half or maybe two weeks it's been so incredibly messy you never knew what kind of weather you would get next minute yes it was even more confused than melbourne weather generally is yeah yeah definitely and I hear that you've also been reading a lot of webtoons. Yes. Yeah, so we'll talk about that later. Close to the end of the year. Uh, this mm -hmm. may be the last roundup. I'm not sure. We may be able to fit another one in um, in December before Christmas, but not sure because I'm going to be in, uh, on holidays. So, <laughs> so no promises. So if it happens, it's going to be someone else doing it, not me, I reckon. Anyway, um, coming close to the end of the year, what news you got for us, Marisa? As someone that grew up mostly in the 90s, mm -hmm. I was watching shows like Power Rangers on TV. Mm -hmm. And recently, Power Rangers have come back up again in the news from the comic side of thing because... Next year is the 30th anniversary of the series as a whole. Yeah. And there have been some good things that will be happening. Uh, special editions of the Ranger Academy and some of the other sub-series about Power Rangers. But yeah. more recently, that's kind of been overshadowed by the sudden uh, passing of one of the original series actors. Yeah. The Green Ranger, who became the White Ranger. And I think he returned a few iterations later into the series to bring mm -hmm. the character back. But yeah, Jason David Frank. May he rest in power. Is no longer with us, but lives on in the backlog of previous episodes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the, the, it's true that uh, the anniversary coming, that the, there are a few things coming up. And um, mm -hmm. of course, there are some comics as well. And uh, th th there's actually a comic that I absolutely loved as well, which was um, Justice League versus Power Rangers. Okay. It's a completely bonkers, but really, really fun uh, crossover. Absolutely. Some of the best ones are. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, I think really I fun. remember seeing something about there's a 
Batman and Scooby Doo crossover that's going right now. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the other articles I saw earlier today was saying that Daphne might get to become Batgirl within that crossover series. There that, you go. Uh, Bruce Wayne had <laughs> handpicked her. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, going back to Power Rangers and all that, um, mm-hmm. I watched a little bit of Power Rangers, but uh, uh, I'm going to show my age here. I think it caught me a little bit too old, and also I'd seen other things before. So as a little kid, um, before Power Rangers um, was ever created, I I watched uh, Kamen Rider, uh, which of course has recently celebrated 50 years as well. Um, so, you know, um, being one of the very first, if not the first uh, of that kind of genre. And they celebrated 50 years um, and they've released a new season and it's definitely not for kids. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty gory and dark, um, but I really enjoyed it. It's some prime video. And uh, and the other one that I watched uh, that I absolutely love and I was a big fan and I know that we've talked about it before. I've mentioned it to you. Is uh, Space Sheriff Gavin? That series yes. was absolutely insane, and I absolutely love it. And I recently rediscovered it and watched some episodes and watched the 2013 movie as well that, uh, nice. that they made. And and yeah. It's still as crazy and as fun as I remember. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I appreciate, uh, Power Rangers and that genre. It's just fun. It's just crazy, crazy fun. And, um, yeah. Um, and, and the comics seem to do well. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It still astonishes me that growing up, going through school, watching the show, I didn't realize that it was based on a Japanese show. Yeah. And a lot of, pretty much all of the, like, fight scenes and bad guys and so forth were just dubbed over from the original Japanese. That is correct. <laughs> I didn't find that out until I started studying Japanese in university, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <sighs> yes. Um, yes, a lot of the footage is actually from the Japanese show and they just dub over it and then they edit it and they insert some American actors and scenes and change mm-hmm. some storylines and things like that to, to make it more palatable for American audiences. <laughs> it's a really interesting concept. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they used to do that with some of the Godzilla movies as well. Really? Yeah, they... Um, so the, uh, with some of the Godzilla movies, uh, some of the older ones especially, mm-hmm. they they had the Japanese cut and then they had the American cut. And in the American cut, they used to um, change some scenes and also shoot additional scenes mm-hmm. um, to uh, to make it more American or, you know, easier to understand for Americans and sometimes to insert the Western character or something like that as well. So, yeah. Mm. Interesting. Yes, yes, yes. So sometimes it's interesting actually to watch the two different cuts. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. 
But anyway, uh, with me personally, I, uh, there are a few things that I wanted to mention this month. I'll start with actually uh, The Guardian published a pretty interesting, um, quite comprehensive article about uh, Tommy Parrish and oh. uh, Tommy Parrish's new graphic novel, uh, Men I Trust, which is now published by Scribe. And it's really great to see The Guardian covering a graphic novel uh, by an Australian creator this way. Uh, this is Tommy Parrish's second graphic novel. Uh, I haven't read it yet. I haven't had it in my hands, but I'm really looking forward to it. And I think it will be um, quite really interesting, as is usual with Tommy Parrish, is all painted. And, uh, wow, you know, which is so cool. crazy, crazy work. Crazy, yeah. crazy work. And, yeah, so I'm really keen to get my hands on this. And I really recommend that you read uh, the whole article. Now, another also exciting thing, and it's not out now, but it's going to come out next year, but it's been announced, is, and I'm really, really excited uh, to hear that Queenie Chance, The Dreaming, is going to be reprinted in an updated and expanded edition. Cool. It's going to be published in three, in four volumes. Oh, wow. And it's going to have a whole new story as well. So the main story is going to be actually expanded and updated, but also it's going to have also a new story as well. Uh, the manga, it's a manga. It's an Australian manga. Cool. And it's kind of based on... Um, uh, inspired by uh, Picnic at Hanging Rock and okay. some Lovecraft kind of horror elements. And it's manga. So uh, have you read uh, this at all, Marisa? No, um, no I so... don't tend to go for horror and Lovecraft things. Well, you're going to have to read this because it's an Australian manga and Queenie Chan is great. And it was originally published by Viz Media. Okay. Uh, but uh, uh, now it's going to be reprinted. And uh, I know that Quinny Chan uh, has mentioned that maybe there the may be more of the dreaming coming up as well. So, oh, cool. yeah. And if you look, uh, uh, if you look up Quinny Chan, the dreaming, uh, you'll see it, um, you'll see the art. It's beautiful. It's, it's a really beautiful um, story. So that's really exciting. That's going to come out yeah. next year. And coming back to uh, another Australian creator and uh, uh, Tom Taylor, highly prolific writer based in Melbourne, highly prolific. And also I, I love his work. And uh, he's now uh, finishing off the series of Superman, Superman, son of Carl L, hmm. uh, which stars John Kent. It's been a really, really interesting series. Um, of course, he's received some hate from uh, people who are very hateful uh, because, you know, he, uh, John Kent is, uh, has come out as bisexual and uh, has had the conversation with Kalel and all that. Uh, we, which has been a really, really amazing story. Uh, and I think Tom has really written this beautifully and he's handled the whole story really beautifully and quite sensitively. Um, but of course, you know, with uh, things like that, sometimes you have some a small minority, but, you know, who make a lot of noise. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, the series has been a huge success. It has sold really, really well. And most importantly, it has been really, really well received. Nice. Uh, the series is coming to an end, but uh, he will be night. Uh, he will be writing also the next iteration of uh, Young Kent, which will okay. be Superman Adventures, uh, and he's still writing it. Yeah. So there are some news uh, about that, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you you can find the article as usual on our blog, and you can read more about it. Have you heard of this at all? Um, a little bit, yes. I think I remember seeing an article a while back. Yeah. On um, on John Kent's new significant other. Yeah, yeah. Also I, being some form of a super. Yeah, I, and it's been an interesting series, not just because of that, but also because mm-hmm. it actually focuses on John Kent's kind of life and just. Yeah. The small things in life, you know, and not just Which the you... superheroics, you know, and and, yeah. uh, and I think that's really really interesting. Uh, so it, it's a very um, human centered uh, series, and uh, yeah. I really appreciate that. Now, apart from that, I also wanted to mention uh, talking a bit more, I guess, about uh, collections and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, e-comics are of course um pretty big thing like in libraries nowadays of course we know that ebooks have been growing and growing and with e-comics uh, uh what we have now is actually uh so f- for a few years the the main players have been hoopla and comic plus and uh, okay. comics plus has also changed hands uh so uh now um Comics Plus and Library Pass. It's very confusing. It has kind of two names. Is yeah. uh, is uh, kind of owned by Biblioteca. It was bought by Biblioteca. Okay. Uh, but of course, Libby is another one. Libby and Overdrive. Uh, yeah. They also have comics. And now this is a new player in town. So Borrow Box, which is used by most libraries in Australia, it's really really widespread. Yeah. Has always been used for ebooks. But now, uh, Borrowbox this year, just recently, they've added um, magazines and comics uh, to the mix as well. Oh, cool. so And they've changed their uh, app and everything to, uh, to, uh, to have a better experience and to better uh, read magazines yeah. and comics. Um, I had a bit of a look, um, and yeah. Uh, it works really well, uh, you know, borrowing the comic and reading and all that. So the reading experience is very similar to what you get w- with Libby. So it's the usual nice. kind of uh, pinch and zoom uh, if you want to see something uh, more in detail. And uh, with Borrow Box, I think it works also like Libby. Uh, you know, you, you buy the license for each kind of book and you pay for that. Hoopla is a little bit different because you kind of get access to their catalog and then it's kind of pay per read. So it's a little okay. bit more similar to uh, the model that Canopy has. Mm. And and the other one uh, is Comics Plus. They're doing an update to their app and they're also f- uh, working on uh, fully integrating uh, Comics Plus to the Cloud Library app uh, with full integration coming up next year. But best of all, 
Comics Plus has now added two big and really important publishers to their catalog, which are Image Comics and Fantagraphics. Nice. And I'm really excited about that. Um, We have the link to their announcement on our blog, and I think that's awesome. And they're really developing a great catalog of titles. And the thing with Comics Plus that's different is that you actually pay a yearly subscription and you get access to their full catalog of comics and it's uh, and it's unlimited. Uh, there are no waits either, so no one needs to wait. So, you know, um, yeah. people can be reading the same comic at the same time and it's unlimited uh, loans and things like that. Good. Because of that, I think because of that, Marvel and DC are reluctant to join uh, Comics Plus. Ah, right, uh, because they'd rather focus on sales of physical copies, right? Yeah, uh, they have their comics on Hoopla, but that's a... That's a still a kind of pay per loan uh, kind of okay. model. So yeah, they're they're reluctant to join Comics Plus, but you know uh, I think it's quite significant that uh, they they have a lot of great publishers and they have a lot of manga as well that you would be interested in, and um, it's quite significant I think to also get Image Comics there. Um, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, um, I thought that was a really interesting development from them. So those are some of the main things that I've noticed this month that I thought were interesting. Of course, if you want to read more about it, check out our blog, aliagraphic.blogspot.com, and you can find the links and the articles there and more information. I think we should move on to new releases, which is always one of the most exciting things. Yes, exactly. Marisa. what do you have for us? What did you pick of their new releases? Well, one of the Webtoon series I have been reading for ages that has been really popular is actually coming to print through Yen Press. The series is called The Remarried Empress, and it focuses on a woman named Navie Ellie Trophy, who was... The, according to Yen Press description of it, he was the lifelong companion of Sovietshu, the emperor of the Eastern Empire. Mm-hmm. And they grew up together knowing that they would become emperor and empress. Navier is intelligent, compassionate, and courageous, and was the perfect empress of the Eastern Empire until... Sovia Shu fell for another woman and demanded a divorce. Oh, dear. But Navier heard about it before his announcement. So she shot Sovia Shu, the mistress, and the entire court by declaring that she will accept the divorce and request an approval of her own remarriage. Hmm. Sounds really interesting. So it's a mix of fantasy and romance, I gather? Yes, and it has political elements to it as well. And it's very, it's fascinating to see how the characters develop and change as the story goes on. I think I'm going to look into this one. Yeah, sounds interesting. Uh, and I, I, I can see how, you know, some of the people that come into the library may be interested in this one. 
Yeah. Cool. Sounds very cool. And what else you have? I think you have other titles as well. Yeah. Um, so Seven Seas, which when I talked with James in last month's roundup, I was talking about how there were so many adorable cat-themed series starting up. Well, here's another one that's cat-related from Seven Seas called Ex Yakuza and Stray Kitten. And it sounds like it'll just be downright adorable. Mm -hmm. uh, and may or may not give similar vibes to the Way of the House Husband series, where the guy Ooh. seems super, super tough. is actually really kind of stuff. Cool. Sounds great. Yeah. And um, there's another one from Yen Press. That looks very interesting. It's called Embrace Your Size. Mm -hmm. And it's nonfiction. So it's an illustrated comic essay and kind of sort of a memoir from the author. Um, talking about the, talking about her personal journey in learning about body positivity and how someone can love themselves yeah. even when they're not society's ideal size. And that's definitely a big deal in Japan since the mainstream uh, ideal for women is very much thinner than yeah. possibly in other countries. Yeah. There's one more that I'd like to mention, but okay. it's digital only. And I'm not sure if it'll be on any of the library accessible. So. Probably not, because um, mm -hmm. this media is the is another of the publishers that um, it's usually not on Hoopla or uh, Comics yeah. Plus or any of those uh, platforms, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh well. But um, yeah, okay. But uh, you can still mention it, though. Okay. Well, it it was a very interesting premise. The series is called Hard Boiled Cop and Dolphin. And the description of the series is that the main character is so hard boiled that his speech and thought bubbles seem to have like blood dripping around them or bullet holes near them or something along those lines. Sounds fun. And the guy ends up um, getting in a fist fight with someone in the middle of like trying to question a witness or something like that. So he gets shipped yeah. off to one of the smaller islands where he ends up getting connected with a case about a missing girl that was <laughs> raised by dolphins. Yep. And... He finds out that his new partner in police work is yep. a dolphin who has legs and can walk on land and walk. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It's Adventures and shoe. Uh, it's 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 interesting uh, um, that that there seem to be a few titles that are like you know. 
in this case, you mentioned two this month, you know, Yakuza or Hardboy Cop, and then an animal, Spray Kitten, and the other one, Dolphin. <laughs> yes, Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin are a very different vibe than the Yakuza and the Kitten. Yeah, I know, but just interesting, like, you know, Hardboiled mm. Cop, uh, you know, ex Yakuza. Yeah. Then an animal. Interesting titles. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, And uh, yeah, uh, as I said before, like quite a varied selection. So yeah, yeah, I I always appreciate you talking about manga. Excellent. Well, uh, I mentioned it before and I'm going to mention it again. Superman, Son of Kal-El. Excellent series um, with Tom Taylor and John Timms, DC Comics. And uh, volume two is out this month. Uh, so John Kent is wearing his father's cape. And he continues the never-ending battle as a symbol of hope for his home planet. But at the same time, can John be Superman and still have a normal life? Really interesting series. Um, and uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. The other one, uh, and I'm really excited about this one, is It's Lonely at the Center of the Earth by Zoe Thorogood. And this is published by Image Comics. Last year, she published her first comic, uh, and it was one of my favorite reads of the year, uh, which was The Impending Blindness of Billy Scott. And it was really, uh, really interesting uh, read. And it was her first graphic novel. So I'm really interested to see uh, what she's done this time. They say that It's Lonely at the Center of the Earth is an intimate and meta-narrative look into the life of a selfish artist who must create for her own survival. And Mm. uh, Publishers Weekly gave it a start review, and they said, um, just a little quote, already pushing herself to new limits, Thargood more than delivers on the promise of her debut. Uh, This has the force of a fist punching through the page. I loved the first one, so I'm really in for this one, and uh, I can't, I can't wait uh, to get my hands on it. Uh, I think um, she's one of the new voices that's come out that I think has a great future. One to read, one to watch. <laughs> Before we finish, should we quickly uh, do also the, uh, some recent reads, which is always a bit of fun, you know? We can. Yeah. So you mentioned that you've been reading a lot of webtoons. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Um, the wonderful and sometimes terrible thing about webtoons is that a lot of them update once a week. Mm-hmm. Or at the very least once once or twice a month. And there are some absolutely amazing creators out there with fun and unique art styles and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them are now being published in print as well. Yes, and, exactly. And Webtoons uh, seems to have an army of readers. It's, it oh, yeah. seems to be incredibly popular. I haven't, I, I haven't read anything on Webtoon. I don't have the app. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't tried it. But... Um, uh, I guess I'm showing my age again, I'm, uh, and I'm a little bit old-fashioned. I can do e-comics when I have to, but I try mm. to avoid it. But I yeah. really, I really like reading comics um, in print. 
you know, yep. I need the, the webtoon format is really well designed for the Korean style, the manhwa, because those are designed to be a long column that you just scroll down. Yeah. And the majority of things on web do work that way. Mm -hmm. It actually yeah. threw me for a loop. One of the series, which I think was based on more of the like New York Times comic page kind of. Okay. So you actually scroll sideways to read it Ooh. instead of a vertical scroll. Yeah. And have yeah. something else. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so one of the series that I have just started reading and fallen head over heels for is a cute little one called Vampire Husband. And it has a just sweet, simple art style. And it follows a vampire who gets married to a woman. and she decides not to take the bite. So she stays mortal and she ages. Even though he doesn't. And the two of them are just absolutely adorable together. Um, it gives me a little bit of that vibe from Things We Do in the Shadows. Where one of the characters marries the woman that is looks older than him. But she is so much younger than he is, technically speaking. But yeah, oh. Vampire Husband's adorable. And oh. there's a long-running epic series called Witch in the Bowl by the creator Moonsia. And it has just started up a new season. And the art style is amazing. Just the attention to detail for landscape, outfits, mm -hmm. architecture. And the premise is very interesting. One of the main characters is the constellation witch named Aro. Yeah. And another of the characters who starts out the series being very anti-witches um, ends up getting turned into a bull. I think it was by Aro, but I don't completely remember. That was lots and lots of episodes ago. And the two of them are going around trying to figure out how to get him turned back into a human. And having lots of other adventures on the way. Sounds really cool. Yeah. And connecting back to some of your notes of things. Um, there's one on the Wayne family. Mm -hmm. Called Batman Wayne Family Adventures. Mm-hmm. That does have permissions from DC Comics and so forth. Yeah. And it goes into daily life behind the scenes kind of things with the whole Wayne clan. And some of them are just absolutely hilarious. At one point, one of the more recent ones, Bruce, is having to sort out food for himself because... Alfred has taken the rest of the family out for some kind of event. Yeah. And Batman's trying to cook dinner. Superman calls in to talk to him. <laughs> and it does not end very well for the food. 
Sounds like a fun series. I, I actually um, heard about it when when it was first announced, which must have been like a year or a year and a half ago. And um, uh, and I thought it sounded like a really interesting and fun kind of series. And obviously yeah. something that uh, DC quite deliberately reframed and sh- shaped for a, the very particular audience that uh, yeah. it's kind of reading webtoons, you know. I would um, say that would be a good one for you to try starting with. Yeah, yeah. Unlike some of these others, like Witch and the Bowl, that have been going on for ages and ages and ages with a continuing storyline, this one is more a series of one-shots or, you know, maybe five or six five or six episodes or pages at most for one particular yeah. short story. Yeah. Sounds cool. Sounds like fun. I, I, I may try it. Um, I may try it. We'll see. Maybe one day I'll download their webtoon app. <laughs> Maybe. But anyway, uh, anyway. me personally, um, well, the last thing that I've actually read is an Australian comic uh, called Infernal Regions mm-hmm. by Rebecca Stewart, which has just been published recently, and she she ran a she ran a, a campaign, a crowdfunding campaign and all that, and she's finally mm-hmm. published it. And it's really published in a really big, oversized kind of page. Oh, wow. Um, it's very short. It's, uh, it's only about 40-something pages, but it's an amazing, amazing piece of work. Uh, I don't think we'll see it in libraries because it's not perfect bound. Um, and, and I don't think that she's distributing it through library suppliers or anything like that. But I was about to ask because it kind of sounded like a Kickstarter kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's a still a really interesting kind of comic. Um, it was the, the, the original idea and the kind of the starting point, I guess, was uh, based on uh, Harold Holt. Do you know who Harold Holt is, Marisa? Not growing up in Australia, she doesn't know. Well, I didn't grow up in Australia either, but I um, but I heard the story. So Harold Holt was a prime minister. Okay. And while he was prime minister of Australia, mm-hmm. he went uh, out for a swim and he was never found. Yeah. Australia lost a prime minister out at sea. Why do I feel like I saw an article somewhere that they named a swimming pool after him? Yeah, probably. That's kind of the starting point. So, you know, there's a okay. prime minister who goes out in the ocean and kind of disappears and just goes into these huge and at times quite surreal, uh, fantastic kind of uh, journey. I, I found it really fascinating, a really fascinating journey. I was really drawn in to every page and the art is absolutely stunning. Rebecca's art is just beautiful. Uh, she mentions actually in her uh, website as influences, uh, you know, Moebius, who is my favorite artist of all time, Alberto Breccia and Katsuhiro Otomo. Three quite different artists. But I, I think when you read the comic, you actually see a little bit of them. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, she's created something of her own. And I think... Um, it's really worth reading and really uh, worth finding. I thought it was a beautiful piece of art. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. 
And then something completely different. Uh, another series that I've been, um, and this is a series uh, that I've been mm-hmm. enjoying. Uh, Amesaka, I absolutely love Blade Runner. I love the original movie. I've seen every version of, of Blade Runner, every cut that uh, Ridley Scott released. And, uh, you know, and I will happily debate which one's the best one. And the best one is whichever you decide is the best one. I don't think there is a best cut of the original Blade Runner movie. I think um, all all the cuts have their pros and their cons. Uh, And it's beautiful. Now we can debate it eternally. (laughs) Uh, And I also loved the, the new movie. I also really loved the new movie. I thought that uh, Villeneuve did an amazing job. Um, and I, I know that some people struggled with that movie and it's very slow and all that. I was, again, I was just ready for a journey and they took me on a journey that I uh, I thought was really fascinating. Yes. Uh, so for me, it wasn't long. It, I, I was just going along, you know, yeah. uh, with the current. And um, interestingly, one of the scriptwriters for the movie, um, uh, who is Michael Green, um, he uh, started publishing Blade Runner comics soon after the movie and uh, with an original story. And so he published the first three trade paperbacks uh, of Blade Runner 2019. And then another story arc of three trade paperbacks with Blade Runner 2029. Mm-hmm. And I've read them all uh, just recently, and I absolutely love the story, and I can't wait to read more. Nice. Uh, so I think they're doing a great job, uh, and the kind of story that they're telling, I guess, it's kind of early days of the Blade Runner and then going along, you know, every kind of 10 years. So the next one's going to be 2039. Very welcome. Uh, and uh, the main character is a female Blade Runner uh, called Anna Ashina. I think I'm saying that right. I could be wrong. They've got the style of Blade Runner down pat. So, you know, it's science fiction, but it's this kind of neon noir there's a bit of action, but there's also a bit of mystery and a bit of a thriller. And yeah, perfect. Beautifully balanced. Absolutely recommend it. If you like Blade Runner, I think you'll really love these comics. Do you like Blade Runner, Marisa? Uh, I think I did watch the first movie at some point, but I think yes. I felt more of a connection with Tron than with Blade Runner. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. As I say, it's not for everyone, but if you really like that kind of um, noir style with mixed with science fiction. Uh, but yeah, to finish, uh, I should also say uh, we've got an upcoming webinar, which is Wednesday, the 30th of November and uh, at 12 p.m. Uh, Australian Eastern. We've been announcing it, so hopefully you've already signed up. It's a free webinar. Uh, We'll be doing it on Zoom. Um, It will go for an hour, maybe a little bit more. Last year, we said it would be an hour, but then we were having so much fun that we ended up talking for another half hour um, for those that could stay. Uh, But yeah, uh, we're aiming for an hour. The main thing is going to be an hour. We have really great guests. Uh, we have Gillian Ruders, who is um, 
the Manga Queen. Uh, Manga in Libraries uh, um, is the webinar series that she's been running, um, which has been a huge success. And she's also about to publish a book, Manga in Libraries, uh, published by the American Library Association, which will be coming out next year. Um, we've got Gabby, uh, Gabby from our own team who will be talking about junior and young adult graphic novels. And we also have Campbell White and Elizabeth Marufo. And they are uh, their creators and, uh, you know, the main movers of Milk Tooth Studios, uh, which is based in Perth. And it's an amazing place where they run all sorts of classes and courses on comics and art and all sorts of things with kids. And I'm really excited to be talking about, uh, to them about that. And of course, both of them are also artists and comic book creators. So uh, I think we've got a really interesting lineup and I'm really interested to hear from them. And then as I mentioned at the start, uh, it's kind of coming to the end of the year. So I should warn everyone uh, that, um, the webinar will come out as a podcast um, some days later. Uh, and we may also have another episode, uh, December Roundup, maybe. Uh, but as is usual with us, uh, we're going to be taking a little bit of a break, summer holidays and all that. I'm actually going to be overseas, seeing my family uh, for the first time in five years, which I'm really <laughs> excited about. Uh, but yeah, so we'll be taking a bit of a break. So watch this space. There may be something coming from us in December, but then after that, it's probably going to be the end of January. And yeah, I think it's uh, it's been an interesting year and uh, we look forward to doing more things next year. Feels odd uh, that it's close to the end of the year, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where this year went me neither <laughs> anyway thank you for joining me today marisa thank you and uh yeah the, that's it uh, from us for today uh check out our blog uh, for all those links and more information and for the full list of new release titles there are a lot of good ones thanks for listening to alia graphic podcast Hit the subscribe button on our YouTube page and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Aliagraphic, email us at aliagraphicinfo at gmail.com and check our blog, aliagraphic.blogspot.com for updates, monthly roundups of news and new release titles.